welcome to BW Connect Spaces. Um, it's been it's been two weeks since our last space, um, which which we I think was was which was excellent, and we're back here today as a, really as a result of um, one of as a result of um, the last space. If you can remember correctly from the last space. We had we had um, um, the companies Ireka and Bonatejo um, being profiled here, and you know one of the one of the companies I think it was Bonatejo mentioned that you know they had gotten funding from the Angel Network Botswana. We had a lot of people then um, asking about that and and asking about what the Angel Network Botswana is, and we we you know we thought. Let's 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 invite them. Remember, BW Connect Spaces was formed purely to be on the purely on ethos of it takes a village. It's a community. It's a community forum. It's a community forum meant to empower entrepreneurs um, to put us all into one to put us all into one space to share information, mentor, help each other, challenge each other um, in a in a, in a bid to in a bid to try to empower Botswana. Now, before we kick off, before we kick off today's space fully and earnestly, um, last week, um, Trevor from City Needs, um, Trevor hit me up. Now, if you if you remember City Needs, City Needs was one of the very, very first people that were profiled on BW Connect Spaces. They were profiled in the first one or two sessions. Um, Trevor is a, is, a, is a city needs is a marketing business, and its primary product was to place adverts and do placements of adverts in taxis and combis. And they basically came here to try to get advice and get help and create a network and create an awareness about their product about what they do. And through that the space, we were able to link them with a few people in agencies and in corporate. And Trevor had some good, some good news and some updates that you know he wanted to 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 give me. Um, so I just want to say good evening, Trevor. How have you been? Hi everyone. I am um, Paul. Yeah, man. I've been I've been great. I think uh, other than you know challenges here and there, the COVID everybody's facing. But yeah, I've been I've been okay. I've been great. Thank you. How's the you were giving me an update last week. How's business been since we talked? I mean, I think about probably two month two months ago. Yes, yes, yes. Um, since then, you know, it's been slow, but uh, as time went, I started getting some requests. You know, uh, people sending their uh, requests for quotation. You know, trying to understand our our pricing as well, and also how we could work together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, what's been interesting is. Uh, I was able to to do uh, a campaign for uh, Cash Plus Agent. You know, I've been knocking uh, in all these companies from Bonobo FNB, Bo Absa to Posho Money, everybody. Libo Orange I'm trying to tell them like, look, what we have here is basically uh, the go-to uh, platform to reach out to your potential customers or clients. Looking at the fact that uh, when you talk about orange money, you, re- you realize that uh, public transport uh, drivers, they use orange money to bank. So we've been reaching out, but lately 
uh, after that, we couldn't get uh, businesses from Bonobo Orange, Lebo, Lebo FNB. But after the space, the community should probably, you know, hear me out and let me know whether really uh, our our idea is, is it, is it something tangible or is it something like this uh, corporate? Because, you know, they have image to protect. They cannot just place their ads everywhere. So, yeah, it, positive. It was positive. And eventually uh, the, 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 the agencies, they started communicating with me and I got the job yeah, in FNB, FNB Cash Plus agent, which is which actually suits uh, FNB Cash Plus because in Tabato Modiline and the ATM to, to withdraw the wallets to go to the Cash Plus agents, which is kind of Mewasama Usu, Kanakanadi shop in the community where you can actually withdraw your e-wallet and also you can deposit up to 5,000 a day. So you can check my pinned uh, tweet with like, a video there and basically, you know, it, it shows what our business is all about. It's about the taxi guy being your sales rep, not not really being your ambassador. I was told maybe not to use that word, ambassador, because it's a bigger word. And not your sales rep, selling what's advertised, mostly covering your no yarona. So if you get the minute, just click on my, uh, on my tweet, Ubone, the pin tweet, Yarona, you will find a video there, you know. Okay, Lebella, you can advise us what you think about our idea, we can improve, we're always open to ideas. And we really like to thank, uh, you know, the space here, because when you Lebone, the agencies, and connect us to Bonobo FNB. So yeah, I think, I think that's all, it's a mouthful, but that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, thank thanks once again and god bless you trevor we hope you continue to your business continues to grow in leaps and bounds so i i can probably release you um from i, I can probably release you so thank you just for that update yeah. it was just to to give people uh people an idea of what we've been trying to do more bw connect spaces and to just show um as a proof of concept yeah. um, what, we're, what we're trying to do so thank you trevor um now to, to thank to, you very much to go to go into today's um, space, um, before we kick off, um, I'll, I'll I'll let people know how to how to communicate with me and the speakers. So, firstly, um, remember we've, I've got my pinned tweet. Um, go to my profile, check my pinned tweet for the space. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, feel free to tweet um, either under that specific tweet or to just on your specific TLs, feel free to tweet. Just make sure that you put the hashtag, hashtag BW Connect Spaces. And throughout the space, we will continue to we'll continue to check, um, you know, we'll continue to check the questions and, and pass them to the speakers. To the speakers, um, I should warn the speakers that um, we, we are at the mercy of the internet in Botswana when we are on these spaces. So I've already noticed that Vikash has been having problems, um, you know, being kicked off as a speaker on and off. It happens, which is why it's great that there's three of you, um, because that constantly happens up and down. Vikash, even if that continues to happen, please don't don't give up. Um, there will be points where you might not hear anything. You might not hear what's happening. Um, feel free to jump off the space, restart your phone, whatever needs to happen, right? But um, just know that it's, it's almost a part of the game. I should warn everybody, we are recording. 
Um, and we, after all of these spaces, we release podcasts. Um, we release podcasts. Um, currently, we still put them up on, on Spotify and YouTube. Um, and we put them on SoundCloud. Um, I know Jorge, we're working on putting them all on all of the on the uh, all of the other platforms. So if you if you aren't, I just should warn you that we are recording. Um, if you aren't happy with that, um, you would you you know you obviously not speak, um, be because of that. So now to the to to the business of the day, um, to the business of the day. We today are going to be talking about something called venture capital something called venture capital yesterday i mentioned when i was when i was introducing the space i mentioned that there's a thing called capital markets and obviously not everybody who not everybody will know what that is um, but today we're talking specifically about venture capital which is a type a specific type of funding for businesses um, something that we haven't had we haven't really had in botswana um, that is very fresh and new, and now that is that is represented by Angel Networks Botswana or Angel Network Botswana is a uh, a group of business people who do it. So today we're going to find out what that is. Um, how do you? How does the average entrepreneur try to take advantage of that? What are Angel Network Networks Botswana trying to achieve? What are they doing? Um, just giving you information so that hopefully some businesses. Um, some businesses can get funded through this particular thing. So today we welcome three people who are representatives of Angel Network Botswana. We've got Vikesh Panangi, um from VNV Group. Um, we've got Mithri from I forget I forget what Mithri's Mithri's business was, but she will introduce herself. And then we've got Rem. Mohobe from who is an entrepreneur and also and also from um, the Angel Network Botswana. Before we start, I'm going to ask all the speakers to do a proper introduction of who they are, not related to Angel Network Botswana, but what do you do in the business space space um, and just take it from there. So let's start with Vikash. Vikash, who are you um, and where did we meet up and? And what primary school did you go to? <laughs> Thanks, Impoeng. Um, yes, no, the reason why Impoeng has asked that question is because we're actually, we went to primary school together in Salibu Chikri. We're both from Kapana Primary School. And so that's where we actually started off from. But I think um, over the years, we've gone in our different spaces. And uh, by profession, I'm a chartered accountant, um, although I don't really do a lot of work with regard to chartered accountancy. I have been an entrepreneur since a fairly young age, since I was at school. And um, basically now what I'm involved in is retail, wholesale, distribution, real estate, and consulting. Most probably most well-known by our retail brand called Brands Unlimited that deals with uh, sporting goods, school uniforms, and fine fragrances across Botswana. We've got outlets across Botswana. On a personal level, um, I'm also a member of Angel Networks Botswana, and I also wear a couple of hats. Um, I have been, I'm a former chairperson of the American Business Council in Botswana. I'm fairly deeply involved in public-private dialogue, which involves policy on um, business and trying to ease doing business in Botswana. 
and make it easier for entrepreneurs and businesses to do um, business between themselves and between government in Botswana. And I also chair the Ministry of Investment, Trade and Industry on behalf of Business Botswana, um, dealing with the ministry, obviously, on issues of policy and laws and regulations and trying to make it easier for everybody within the ecosystem of private sector to be dealing with this regulatory environment. That's me in a nutshell. Thanks, Mpoy. Great. You said you're a, you're, you're a distributor. Do you sell vaccines, Vikash? Do you sell vaccines? Employing uh, that's a very contentious issue, and I've noticed our <laughs> social media spaces go totally wild. So you'll forgive me if I don't answer that question straight away. <laughs> uh, great. Thanks. Um, and then, um, um, Mithri, would you like to give uh, um, an introduction of yourself? Sure, Mpoeng, and thank you very much for having myself and my A&B colleagues here. I see that as an accountant like Vikash and, and a practicing one, I'm counting the rows of four that are here, and it's it's just booming. So well done to you, Mpo, and your whole BW Connect Spaces team for the kind of audience and platform you're creating to share important information. And um, and I greet everybody that's that's tuned in here. So first of all, one point of correction, Mpoing and listeners, my name is My Three, and and I always joke that if you can say My and Three, you can say my name. Uh, and it means the friendly one in Sanskrit. I happen to have gone to Copano School as well, but only for a year before we moved to Francistown. Um, I have been in Botswana almost my entire life, uh, but I've studied abroad on and off. And, uh, and the bug, I suppose, for the promise that Botswana always held really on a global stage um, for that balance between the democratic rule of law, uh, civil liberties, respect for your fellow uh, man and woman and child, um, and generally a, a love for a peaceful way of life and coexistence and harmony. I suppose it always kept calling me back. Uh, I wanted to do medicine originally when I finished my O-levels. Uh, incidentally, I finished my O-levels in Martis Bay after doing a, a stint in boarding school in Zim. Uh, and I wanted to do medicine, but my father said to me, you could have far greater impact far more quickly if you did something to do with business or chartered accountancy. He was always my mentor. And I followed his lead. I did three CA qualifications. The first decade of my experience saw me in professional services, largely Grant Thornton, and then followed by KPMG to a very great extent of that first decade, during which time I worked for large public interest entity audits, assurance engagements, advisory engagements, I worked really, really hard. And I must have trained during my seven years at KPMG, easily 250 audit trainees. Um, and it was an exciting time, a brilliant, from where I was headhunted into Litsejo Holdings Limited, which you will know is a proudly Botswana-born multinational pan-African retail financial services group that is currently focused on financial inclusion. And that's a huge space, and hopefully we'll talk to some uh, aspects like that in this conversation. Um, but after about a decade at Litsejo, during which time I held a number of C-suite roles, was often the only woman, so I'm addressing myself to women on this call as well, was often the only woman in the room, and we were dealing with serious issues of growing this franchise across sub-Saharan Africa and attracting investors from across the world and making sure we were delivering shareholder value to them as well as value to the customer. 
um, I, I felt that I had reached a turning point and um, I needed to look further. So what I do right now is I run my own consulting firm that focuses on strategy, environmental, social governance issues, as well as uh, enterprise development. So I do still work very much in the sort of accountancy business advisory space, and I'm passionate about that. But I wear a couple of other um, sort of roles or hats as well. And, and that includes that I sit on a couple of boards, one of which is A&B, Angel Network Botswana, Stanbic Bank Botswana, a mining acquisition firm in um, in South Africa. I'm on the advisory board for Launch Africa Venture Capital Investments, which is a pan-African venture capital fund into tech startups. And I sit on the advisory board of Alpha Direct, which is another proudly Botswana-born insurtech company. Uh, I also am a co-investor into my husband's build tech business. So he uses innovative technologies to reduce the cost and time to build. Uh, and we are building that franchise out across Botswana and then SADC. Uh, and I'm a proud mother of two amazing children. And um, yeah, I, I love my life and uh, I love this adventure that I'm on. And very, very happy and honored to be here. Thank you, my three. Um, last but definitely not least, um, Ramu Khobi, are you from Pigwe as well, by any chance? Um, no, I'm not from Pigwe. Um, <laughs> originally from KY, Kanye, uh, but I grew up here in Gabs, um, Lesedi Primary School, GSS, and then uh, I wound up at UB, where I pursued an LLB, a law degree, which included a stint in Edinburgh, Scotland. And uh, when I finished, I worked for Minchin and Kelly before opening my own law firm, which is known as Leruma Mohobe Legal Practitioners. At some point, it was one of the largest indigenous law firms when I was still running it. Uh, to these days, it's more like a boutique, and I've handed it to to other, you know, other partners to handle it for me. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> I diversified my interests over the years. Firstly, into the field of real estate, where to this day we acquire properties in the industrial, commercial, and multi-residential space. And then in addition to that, I've diversified to areas such as restaurants. You know, we run Black and Nonas from here in Mohobit Plaza. We also uh, <clears throat> are involved in hospitality, which is virtually on its knees in terms of our lodges, which are I'd like to say that currently we're more or less on intensive care because of COVID, um, but but we soldier on. My area of interest um, is beyond serial entrepreneurship. Is beyond is 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 uh, you know trying to mentor and develop young upcoming entrepreneurs. I have my own mentorship program, and in addition to that, I co-chair the mentorship committee of. A&B, Angel Network Botswana, with my good friend, Guru Guru Muti. And um, it's, it's a fun and exciting life, except uh, that we live in unpredictable times. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is, uh, is what I'm about. Thank you, sir. And uh, you, sir. Don't, don't, we always use this plug always use platform this plug to plug everything else that we do. So I think we so should mention that you, you have a wonderful have podcast, a wonderful podcast um, called um, Mukhabi's Nuggets, which, which I think we all look forward to and, 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 and actually watch. 
Oh, I'm glad to see that I don't have to do my usual shameless plug. You've done it for me. Uh, we, we in that in that platform, we say we infuse, we energize, we inspire, and we empower upcoming entrepreneurs. And we interview people such as yourself, people who are making a difference. Our target is both uh, aspiring and accomplished entrepreneurs. And some of them, uh, you know, are members of Angel Network Botswana. Um, it's a, up to now a free platform, but we're trying to leverage it and see how we can possibly monetize it and also make it more, more regional and possibly international as time goes on. Thanks. Definitely. So, I mean, we, we, we're definitely thinking about the exact same things um, with BW Connect Space. We've got the same kind of ethos and thoughts that you have with the, with the, with the, with the podcast and what we're trying to do here. Um, so, great. We've got who the speakers are. I will randomly open it up so that the speakers will choose and speak freely. So, you know, we shouldn't be too overly formal. Um, let's make it as conversational as possible. Um, so let's start there. What is what is A and B? What is Angel Network Botswana? And I think we could have uh, my three start there and just let us know what Angel Network Botswana is. What? How did it start? What are your goals? What are you trying to do? And we'll take it from there. Thanks, Mpo. Yeah. So so Angel Network Botswana is basically a more formalized. Um, coalition, I can call it that, or a collective, right, of individuals who have a combination of qualities uh, that that bind them in common, even if they come from various backgrounds. And those include, you know, uh, some some sort of freedom of, of private capital. Now, capital comes in many different forms, but all of us on this platform, I'm sure, will agree that the usual common denominator understanding is that that is cash or moolah. Uh, but apart from having financial capital, what they also tend to have in common is a, an abiding passion and a love for startup development. Um, they have some kind of uh, established networks and reputation and personal name that, that they carry with them that helps to open doors and, uh, and open pathways for growth for the startups that they invest into. And I'd say fourthly then, they also have some kind of IP, right, um, or intellectual capital, which is by way of acquired knowledge. Like um, if you look at Remo Hobe, apart from being a, a legal practitioner by training or Vikash and I, who are accountants by training, we have other experience that we also bring and which we then effectively invest into startups. Uh, so those would be the typical qualities of angel investors. Uh, what Angel Network Botswana is all about is then formalizing that in a manner that enables startups, um, strategic partners, and would-be investors alike to transparently understand uh, what we are about. Um, it is a company limited by guarantee just for, for the sake of structure. It came into being even before it was incorporated around about 2019, but it was it's truly a COVID baby. And uh, A and B was formalized during 2020, sort of post-COVID. Till date, we've never really had a proper, I think, physical meeting after the company itself was incorporated. But we are governed by a steerco of completely voluntary members, uh, of which Remo Hobe, myself, and you know Fred Maunze, who is a good um, proponent of yours, Mpo. Uh, Fred is also on our steerco with uh, several other amazing members and colleagues. And we work voluntarily towards creating 
a sort of governance structure and a platform that then enables investors to come on board and look at a, a slew of possible investment opportunities. It enables startups to also approach us and pitch their ideas to us by way of demo days and, and seek out not just funding support, but mentorship, guidance, training, um, access to networks. And it also allows us to then formally engage, and this is important, but formally engage with key strategic partners in the startup enterprise ecosystem. So I'll just say in closing about what we've been doing at A&B is working tirelessly, not just to attract investor members into our, our fold, as well as to bring you know, uh, viable startups up uh, to our members for investment, but we've been working heavily with you know, the likes of Botswana Investment Trade Center, Botswana Innovation Hub, Botswana Development Corporation, I can go on. So a lot of uh, state-owned enterprises and or parastatals, but also then, you know, some of the private accelerators, such as, say, FNB's uh, foundation more, most recently, but predating that, Stanbix Accelerate. And uh, looking further abroad, we've built networks with African Business Angel Network, which is a pan-African uh, network similar to A&B here in Botswana. And that gives us pathways into other investment opportunities, but also for them to help us capacitate on how to better invest uh, with Josie Angels in South Africa. And the story goes on. So we have a big, hungry, ambitious goal to really galvanize the startup ecosystem in Botswana and to build bridges between those startups with explosive or decent growth opportunities at the very least, to build bridges between them, their markets and uh, exponential growth across the continent. Great. So I'm, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Uh, did, did you register it as a company? Um, should it not be something like a trust or an NGO or did you choose the company route purely because it's much easier and faster to register or was, or was there a specific reason why it was done as a, as a company? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Maybe um, Rimo Hobe would like to take that. But I'll just say very quickly that we considered the NGO route, we considered the trust route and we felt that effectively at the end of the day, if we wanted to approach our investments in... Um, can we call it a formalized corporate manner, then it was best if we did this as a company. There's a certain level of transparency, et cetera, that we're still obliged to share uh, as to our activities. And so that doesn't get um, you know, affected. But it's really about the, the formal nature of our activities, the corporate nature, and the fact that at the end of the day, if we want our portfolio of investments that we individually choose to make as members um, to be successful, we want to run this in the same, with the same um, mindset. Remo Hobbit, do you, would, do you want to add to that as to the rationale? <laughs> yes, let me just say that we, we did look at the various options that Maitri mentioned, but we looked at the benefits of having a company limited by guarantee, you know, namely that it's a distinct legal entity from its owners and is responsible for its own debt, uh, personal finances of the company, um, and the guarantors are protected like any company. Um, they, they may only be responsible for paying for debts under certain circumstances. So the limited status builds uh, trust and confidence amongst clients, at least that's, that's a theory, and among investors and the type, of, um, the type of professional credibility that is very valuable and can help a company 
achieve its objectives more effectively. So we believe that for now, that is the model that, that works for us. Oh, great. And when, and my, when my three was speaking, it sounded like it sounded like I mean, for the people that have seen the TV show, Dragon's Dead. Is it really, is it, is it Dragon's Dead? Um, I, I would not call it that um, because you, you're probably thinking of Shark Tank or Dragon's Den and those sort of entities. I believe in, uh, in, in, in Kenya, they have Lion's Den as well. But the, the, we would like to think that the thoroughness with which we approach these potential investments is comparable to those, but with a bit of a humane touch. We're not as aggressive. For instance, we don't have the likes of O'Reilly and... And, uh, and people like that who make who make you know potential investors cry on <laughs> when they are pitching. So we'd like to think that we are we are, we are like Dragon's Den, but with a heart. We are like Shark's Tank, but with a heart. I don't know whether Maitri wants to add to that. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely, Remukobe, you're spot on. Uh, you know, we have. I'll tell you, we are passionate about what we're doing. I can't say that there's a single angel member in our forty-five plus. A uh, strong sort of collective that uh, isn't there because they want to see, you know, startups blossom and grow. That's definitely a unifying factor, and and so behind that is a very human, you know, desire to to put a fingerprint on something good, right, and positively developmental. But I think more practically as well, why we are different from uh, these TV shows that I do enjoy as well. I love Dragon's Den. But why we're different is because we take such a, a more strategic approach to this, right? So uh, we actually have various platforms uh, that we set up that enable channels of communication into us. We have frameworks that we've set up that say, you know, why should you invest? We train our own members on knowledge resources. So Remo Kobe and, and Ray Guru uh, speaks about how to be a good mentor. I, I've spoken to our fellow angels about uh, valuation of startups and, and the different models and that you could use that are different from a private equity firm and stuff like that. So there's there's a whole like concerted effort to build knowledge amongst our angel community itself. Uh, there's a concerted effort to create pathways for startups to approach us, uh, for us to be accessible to them. And even if we're not ready for investment into them, to mentor them or to point them in directions where they can be developed. Um, and, and ultimately, it's about building, as I said before, those strategic partnerships so that if and when these startups are then ready for their next round of investment and they've effectively outgrown the riskier type of angel investment and they need a bigger balance sheet behind them, you know, we can segue them into those um, into those bigger institutional investors. So for us, it's a much more long term, uh, can I say, consistent effort. And um, and we are here for the next 10, 20, 50 years. We have a very sustainable vision about what this is. So it's very, in that sense, very different from those reality shows. Great. So you know, you're so effectively, you're a group of um, individual investors that are looking for, sort of for the next businesses of young, fresh businesses that they can invest in and help. You're like what ordinarily would have had to go to an uncle or someone um, that you go to church with to try to see if they can invest. And you guys effectively are all, um, you're a collective that pools, I guess it's it, um, their, their monies together have individuals pitch to them and then 
choose to invest or not invest in the different is that is that is that like an easy way of thinking about it that is very much an easy way Mpo. and the the only sort of addition i'd make is that we like uh, for our startups or our founders, and, and we'll get into this as well, the teams, I see two of our startups that we've invested, Remo Hobe and I certainly have invested into, are on this call. I don't know if they'll feel too shy for me to call them out. I don't think so, because they're amazing. So there's Ponatzeho, you spoke to Jiga or Mutsidisi last time, and uh, and I saw Sithebe Manake from Vantage and Go Smart Value here. I, I can't see her now in your huge audience, but um, we've invested into them and it's really about the founders. So it's about getting founders to come out of their shells and convince us and compel us. Um, what I was going to say is what's different as well about, about us and in terms of how you characterize it is they must have gotten some post uh, startup traction. So what we mean by that is even for them to say, listen, we have an app uh, for argument's sake and we've got a thousand registered users on it. Or I run um, some kind of a distribution store and I have six months worth of revenue you know, that I can show you. It may be small, but it's, it's growing and I can see a pathway to further growth. So we don't invest typically in ideas. We invest typically in uh, you know, early stage businesses, but which have some traction. Cool. Yeah, just to add on to that in our you know Facebook page, we make it very clear that we're looking at growth-oriented startups with exciting products and services. And the emphasis, like uh, Maitri mentioned, is on that aspect of traction, which I sometimes refer to as proof of concept. So we're not really looking for total total green fields as in nothing, nothing, nothing. But we're looking at um, where potential can be demonstrated. And if we have to walk you through uh, those baby steps, say you've started and you're still struggling to demonstrate that traction. Um, I think people like Maitri have done that for a couple of uh, companies by sort of assisting with the necessary paperwork. And, and as, as she indicated, directing directing you in the, in the, in the right direction. Great. Um, something that Maitri mentioned, she's been making, she made mention of, 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 you know, venture capital and made mention obviously of being able to, you know, grow companies and, 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 you know, eventually move companies to sort of different types of capital. So I, I want us to sort of, step back and go back there to almost the basics because um, I don't want us to assume that everybody on this on the on, on this space understands the capital markets and sort of how everything fits in how how sort of the bank fits into things how asset managers fit into things how the stock market and IPOs fit into it so you know Vikash could you could you sort of give us um, you know an idea of, of where angel networks Botswana fits into like the capital markets of Botswana who would you sort of you know be competing against what type of companies would your capital be be useful for and and feel free to sort of you know premise that obviously uh, like with international markets and how international markets work and what we're trying to achieve and what you guys are trying to sort of plug in to the ecosystem in Botswana thanks Mpoe. yeah so 
I think um, as most people who are um, listening on tonight would understand, every business needs resources. And one of the resources that is most typically needed is um, financial capital. Now, financial capital can come in various forms. Um, you can take it as debt. You can take it as equity. You can take it as a convertible bond. It can be a note. It can be a safe. Uh, there's, there's a couple of different terminologies used there. But just to make it really easy for everybody, normally when you start a business, um, unfortunately, in the Botswana context, when you start a business, you're most probably going to walk into a bank. And when you walk into a bank, the first conversation they're going to have with you is to say, great, you want money from us, but what are you going to give us the security to say that we can get our money back? Because let's not forget banks are businesses of their own right. I unfortunately say that banking in Botswana tends to be credit forwarding because unless you've got a property or something you can put up as collateral, they're going to say to you, well, maybe not, or maybe you've got a job that's bringing in a salary. So they'll say to you, okay, using that as some form of collateral, we're willing to give you equity, not equity, sorry, debt, which obviously has to be paid back with interest. Now, traditionally around the world, what ends up happening is when people have got a business idea, the first sort of call that they normally go to is friends and family. So in the sort of uh, global context, they talk about maybe even up to like $50,000, which is um, 500,000, 600,000 Fuda, where that you would raise from your own personal resources and friends and family. And the reason why this is done at that level is because at that stage, um, as Remokobe and Maitri have touched on, it's about, I've got an idea. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to work or not. But listen, you know me, I'm a great guy. You believe I've got the ability to make this work. Now, the only people that know you that well and might have that confidence in you is going to be friends and family. Then subsequent to that, once your business drains some traction in other parts of the world, sometimes you will get a, you've got your unique selling point, you've got traction with regard to your business, but now you've decided to say, listen, um, with the money I've collected from friends and family, I've done the best I can. But now for me to really make this into a proper business, I need more resources. Now, more resources come in again. It's not only money sometimes at that stage, but it's also access and knowledge. Because you might have a company in distribution, advertising, retail, whatever it is. But there are other people out there who have already done this system that invents the wheel. So sometimes at that stage, if you're lucky enough to who are willing to invest and give you those resources, what would happen then is you start looking at what additional value can they bring in? What sort of strategic partnerships can you, can you run out? Can they provide you mentorship, for example, like Ray Mohobe does with regard to you know, his mentorship program? Do you provide access to networks to get your foot through the door to make your company more successful, etc.? Then once you've done that now, now in Botswana, normally when you go to a bank, you'll normally go into a bank either the first or second stage. And the, the conversation that happens is collateral, which a lot of people do not have. And that becomes the end of your potential business journey. Those who have continued and persevered, some of them have obviously been successful and continued on to actually build feasible businesses. What happens after that? After that, what happens is now you have raised your $50,000 friends and family. Then you've gone across now and you've raised additional capital through, say, debt because you managed to get some collateral or the rest of it. If you do not have that, but you've got proof of concept and you've got a business that's working, has already got some revenue coming along and has got some traction, 
but you're saying, listen, I can make this a lot bigger. I can get a lot more revenue. I can potentially make it a lot more profitable and bring a lot more scale to it. This is where something like angel investing comes in. And in the Botswana context, it's very important because venture capital, which in the global scale you talk about and in the Botswana scale you talk about, actually comes in at a much larger and bigger scale. When you're talking about venture capital, especially in a place like Botswana, most people on the entrepreneurship journey will tell you there's a missing middle. And what's that missing middle? The missing middle is you have maybe raised from friends and family. You have maybe raised from the bank with as much collateral you can put up. And now you, you can grow the business to the next level. But unfortunately, the difference between where the banks are going to stop because maybe you don't have enough collateral to give them anymore and where your typical venture capital corporate fund would come in is much higher. When you start talking about ticket sizes, you'll find venture capital funds starting to talk about tens of millions of fula that they want to invest because they say, listen, we need a minimum ticket size off or deal size off. And they're not willing to invest at anything, say, less than 10 million fula, 20 million fula, 30 million fula, based on which fund you're talking about. And yes, they are some in Botswana, even though the system is not as big as elsewhere in the world. So this is exactly where Angel Networks Botswana comes in. Either at the stage now where maybe you cannot go to a bank because you do not have equity available to put up to them, but you have got a bankable proven business idea, which you're already running, but you have got skin in the game. Now, skin in the game is a very important concept for people, especially when you're looking at angel investing. And the reason why skin in the game is very important is because you need to have something to lose as an entrepreneur. A great idea is a great idea. There are lots of great ideas. The biggest issue that normally occurs is on the execution. And where angel networks actually sit in is what is called the valley of death, because a lot of people don't make it past it. So the amount of risk involved with angel investing is fairly high, which is why you'll notice you've mentioned programs like, um, you know, Dragon's Den, et cetera, et cetera. They're trying to poke holes to see, do you really know your concept well enough? Do you know your business well enough? Do you understand what is really required to make it work? And do you have what it takes to make it work? So typically what um, an angel investor or any angel networks around the world would look at is they're going to look at the credibility of not only your business idea, but of the person behind the business. If you've already built up some level of team, they're going to have a look at the credibility of that team, their experiences, what they've done before. And more importantly, they're going to have a look at your grit and determination to actually make it work, because that is one of the most important things you have to have as an entrepreneur. It's not all fun and games. I think sometimes people look at uh, social media nowadays and they see entrepreneurs about the lifestyle entrepreneurs that have got, you know, great clothes, great shoes, great houses, great holidays. But to get to that stage, it's a lot of work and a lot of people don't make it out there. But unfortunately, because of how the selective algorithms work in social media, we don't hear so much about the people that failed, but we hear about the people that succeeded. And to give you an, an idea, for every sort of hundred people that maybe go out there and want to actually get investment and actually move it through, in terms of the deal flow stage, you actually find like maybe a hundred people might actually ask to get some investment. And I'm talking about this across the board. This is not exclusive to a sort of angel stage, but maybe 100 people might ask for funding, out of which maybe 25 of them would make a short list, out of which when you actually drill in, it drops down to maybe a further seven or four or five, until finally you might even find a handful of them, one, two, three people 
that actually make it through to the point where they actually get funding from people. So angel networks in the Botswana context actually plays in maybe slightly um, earlier in terms of the values because of our economy size. But basically, they play in that missing middle, which is I have gotten money from people. I've gotten money from banks. I've got a proven business idea. I need to take it to the next level, hopefully to the point where my business that I'm trying to run is going to be something of interest to a venture capital fund, but they are looking at investing, you know, 10 million, 20 million, 30 million on Pula, but I need to build my business to that point. And normally that is the point now where angels in three, four, five years time will then get their return on investment on what they've put into your company as well, taking into account that they've believed in you, mentored you, and taken the risk at a time when you were too small for the big boys and maybe too big for the other people who had supported you so far. Thank you, sir. Thanks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want us to put that into practical sort of a business example that like a lot of people would probably be able to get. So let's say I'm a guy in transport. So, you know, I'm assuming the first stage would be me being able to buy that first taxi for myself, um, trying to buy it for myself or, you know, borrowing it from some money from a friend or a cousin or a or family, um, and then running that taxi for a while and therefore being able to make a little bit of money. And then I would maybe end up having two to what stage what stage would like um, an angel network Botswana come in if I was like a taxi business? Well, not necessarily a taxi business. Let me call it transport so that you can obviously expand that out if, if need be. How, how would that work in, in the life cycle of something of a business like that? or even a retail shop, whichever one works best. Okay. Um, I'm going to speak towards retail, maybe because I, I, I've got basis in retail, so it might be easier. So, yes, um, say you wanted to start up a retail store, so you'd put up your first retail store, getting money from friends, family, cousins, whoever it is. Now, the most important thing to realize is that angel investors want to invest in something that is scalable. Because remember, at the end of the day, they form a very specific part of the ecosystem and they might not be with you right until the end of days when you're actually, say, listing on a stock exchange, which is normally where venture capital funds might sit. There are some angels who will look at all the way down, but traditionally this is not where they play. So what you would do is you set up your first store and you'd actually find that, listen, I have got a specific niche in the market. I've got a unique selling point. I'm solving a problem and providing a solution through my services that is making the retail ecosystem a better place. So you would set that up with your money. You would get the first thing going. You'd possibly even improve it and grow it and show that you're able to grow the business. Maybe you'd even set up a second store at that stage. Then it will come to a point where you see opportunity to say, listen, I could actually grow this a lot quicker and make a lot more money, maybe access economies of scale, therefore make it a lot more profitable. And I'm one of the only people or a handful of people that are doing it, but I do it better than everyone else. At which point, that is pretty much when you would actually come in and request or try and find additional funding. And that's where an angel network would come in, where you would go in and you would say, listen, 
I have got one store, two stores. This is what I'm doing. This is my unique selling point. I believe that this idea can actually scale from now to 10 stores, and then maybe the next scale will be to 100 stores, for example, maybe going regional or international. And this unique selling point and my specific niche is actually scalable and can actually run across. So then the angel network would then come in to say, okay, in order for you to get to the next phase, which is maybe a full-on venture capital fund, what do you need to do? And they would come on to say, okay, let's give you maybe a little bit of money first. How, many, how much do you need to actually set up one extra store? Provide you the money, make sure that you reach the promised targets and deliverables you put in to say you can do. If you say, I'm going to set up an extra one store, it's going to increase my revenue by 50%. It's going to increase my bottom line by another 4%, 10%, et cetera, et cetera. They would then try and gauge you. Because one of the most important things in entrepreneurship and the journey is to say, you know, a lot of people will come in and say, I've got a great idea. I need a million or two million for it. But remember that it's getting into an investment relationship. We say it's almost like a marriage. It's getting to bed with that person. So you have to build up that trust. So Angel Network would maybe come in when you've got that one or two stores and say to you, okay, what do you want to do? You'll say, listen, I want to make these two stores, five stores or six stores, double my revenue, triple my revenue. And they'll come in and they'll say, okay, if you pick, you've got a good team, you've got a passion, you've got credibility to run with it. Let's try you for one store first. And then potentially once you've shown us that, yes, you can actually do it and you can actually fulfill the promises, what you're looking for, and you're communicating appropriately, then we move on and take you forward. Until potentially you might become too big, as Maitreya said earlier, where then now maybe even potentially facilitate an introduction to a next level investor to say, listen, we've got these guys who are doing amazingly well. They have fulfilled everything they said they would do. This is what we've done with them over the last couple of years. They've gone from two stores to five stores now. They have increased their revenue, their profitability, they've built up a team, et cetera. But they're a bit big for angel investing now. They are actually ready at the stage to maybe go to venture capital and eventually hopefully move towards the point of IPO or listing on the stock exchange and move on to the next stage. So it's that in-between phase where angel investing will come in and Fantastic. Well, if I can just add to what uh, Vikasha said, um... Yeah, that's all correct. But I think there's a really critical thing here that definitely dominates our decisions to invest. Um, and while those investment decisions themselves are very individual and personal, right? There, there is one thing that I think we need to stress here, and that is that we typically look for, or any angel investor world over, is going to look for whether this business and this founder and the team are solving serious problems in a different way. Um, and it doesn't need to be tech enabled. I mean, this is a digital era, but it has to be a business that at its heart, right, is fixing something that currently in the market is a gap or is as yet unmet or unsolved. And so if I give practical examples, one again, uh, once again, with Sitebe here, uh, of course, she's got her sort of um, traditional valuation uh, business here in terms of property, but she's got a prop tech business as well that is a startup. And the whole ethos of, of Go Smart Value, which is an offshoot from Vantage Properties, is about collecting data around real estate, both residential, commercial, and everything in between, 
and then aggregating that data using smart technology in the back end of of the of the engine that her team is building and then in a democratic way providing information as simply as possible as quickly and as accessibly as possible to uh, you know the common person on the street so that they can make better informed decisions and if you think about it uh, amongst all of us today can we say that we have a solution like that or we've had one prior to go smart value in Botswana no right you've typically had to go to these really large real estate um, agents and you pay big money and it's daunting and it's prohibitive and often it's an exclusive service so she's doing something using technology yes but also using their intellectual property around um, property itself real estate developments and then saying how can we make that accessible to uh, the person who previously didn't access that if you look at punatsejo.com which is run by um, Mutsidisi and William there, what their vision is, is to create this marketplace that enables other retailers to come on board to sell via e-commerce channels, even if they have physical channels. So maybe Vikash should join punatsejo.com. That's to you, Vikash. But you see, what it is, is creating something, bringing something to the table and to the market that either didn't exist in that form or wasn't being done well enough. Uh, and it's it's solving a real problem. And that is really what we look for. Because as I say, since it's our our personal capital, what we want to see is impact being delivered. Great. Let, now, I think I want, I want us to sort of get into the nitty gritties um, for the audience, for them to be able to understand how something like this would work. So, so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the kind of, you know, the kind of industries you guys are interested in. Let's talk about, I've seen a question asking, you know, how does how does this all work? How do I how do I get to Angel Network? What are the steps that I then take, and then what happens? Are you, are you guys interested in any and every industry, or you know, I mean, can a guy come in and and, come in and, and want to who wants to start an ostrich farm, and 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 talk to you guys? So just take us through that. Take us through that. Well, can I chip in? Go for it, Remo. Yeah. Well, based on the, the two that I've invested in and the two that I'm considering to invest in, the process is quite uh, straightforward. Um, once we have met a young developing company through, you know, a website, word of mouth, whatever it is, um, through whatever referral, we will then channel them through our system um, in terms of which we give you a guide as to how to get online. I think these days it's strictly online where you introduce yourself and answer, um, you know, a, a straightforward questionnaire, which, which sets out the essentials. And then um, once that comes to the relevant committee, they sift it and pass it to us as the, as the you know, the, the steering committee. And if there's interest, or shall I say mutual interest between one or several of the angels and the, uh, the potential investee, um, then it's a matter of taking it further to due diligence stage. And in some respects, that's when perhaps mentorship may come in or kick in at the same time with due diligence, where we, we now review the business uh, investment documents, gauging the industry, and getting a sense 
of what uh, Maitri described as solving a specific unique problem. And then we establish your USP. And then from there, um, you will have an opportunity to formally pitch, I believe, where you now get to pitch through uh, to the entire body of angels. We normally do this online. And um, from that pitch, normally the verbal agreements come into place between the investee and the potential investor. And that would then lead to setting up an investment sheet, investment terms, and then where the investor's rights are protected and the investee's obligations are set out and parameters are set out. That's what we've done. And then eventually when it gets to a certain point, a formal contract would then be finalized and a legally enforceable agreement. My law firm has had the privilege of drafting some of the documents and these are signed and then officially the investment starts and then we agree on a date by which those who are interested will have deposited the funds. Um, after, of course, we've established what the funds are going to be utilized for. And then there's a mechanism by which we will maybe have a reporting system in terms of which maybe once a month um, there's a feedback from the founders uh, to update the angels as to what is going on with the company. So that, that as far as I can recall, is, is what has been happening uh, with the specific companies that we've started investing in. My three, do you want to, you, you unmuted, do you want to, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, just to answer the, the listener's question uh, a little further, it was also about whether we're industry specific, we're completely neutral about industry sector. As we said, as long as, I mean, and we, we live to be surprised and awed, right? <laughs> so you can come to us about the hair industry and we can think we knew everything about it, but you can tell us as a, as a founder that you've discovered this amazing application of something that uh, came from some far quarter of the world and it works very well in Southern Africa for argument's sake, and here it is and you've tested it. And that could be eye-opening for us so we remain completely open to any industry sector. I also want to stress, because I've heard this from some of my beloved fellow angels, that they can't understand obsession with fintech and tech. Um, and we get that, you know. So while we, as I said before, live in a digital era, you can't avoid it. And usually the channel to reach the masses is digital these days. In Botswana, I think the... The subscription rate for mobile phones or GSM subscriptions per person that is economically active is somewhere between 1.7 to 2, which means every economically active person has somewhere between 1.7 to 2 sort of uh, SIM cards, all right, it's effectively. Um, but apart from that, you know, it's it's whether it's tech enabled or not. It's got to be this really sexy, interesting idea that has been implemented and clearly has a market fit and a demand that's been established to some extent. And we will look at it, whatever it might be. The one thing I'll also about that is that, you know, um, startups and founders who are listening to us try to look for angels who bring something to the table for you. I love asking 
uh, founders that I'm talking to, what they want from me, what they want from us angels, right? Uh, because like Vikash said, it is a marriage in a sense. Um, and it's, it's a long-term relationship. Angels don't come in with a short-term perspective. They at a minimum do five to seven years. And some angels remain, albeit they get diluted as we go along the journey, but they remain for 10 to 20 years with a with a startup. If you look at Amazon, which is a, well, maligned, but it's also a great success story. It's maligned as an employer, but it's a great success story, right? As, as startups go. And for about the first seven to 11 odd years, not only were they hugely loss making, but they pivoted a number of times, but their original founding investors by and large were patient and faithful and they stuck by the founding team, right? So that is what would typically happen. Uh, and the third thing I'd say, just to add to what Rimohobe said, is that also by virtue of the whole long-term perspective that angels take and the patient risk capital that they put in, it is often um, biased towards an equity type of investment, which is limited to no more than 20% of the valuation of your business at any point in time. And why that's the case is because to give you debt when you're a startup is just going to cripple your business, right? Uh, whereas if it's equity, we can put off uh, taking dividends out of the out of the company for as long as we think it's necessary to reinvest and grow the business. Um, and usually that, I think Vikash mentioned this, he, we, he called it a care or a safe. That means a convertible agreement regarding equity or a simple agreement for equity. And what that means is we give it to you in a debt-like structure today, but in the agreement that is completely transparent, we would say it would convert at a future date based on a future value and subject to you reaching certain milestones that we help you to reach. So we are not in this to make a quick buck uh, and to give you debt funding. We put risk behind you by virtue of equity and capital, and we strike the conversion to actual equity at a future point in time. And I hope that helps the sort of understanding of what this journey looks like for a founder. Okay, uh, you guys have gotten great and technical. Uh, um, and I'm gonna try to. So, I'm gonna continue to try to water it down, um, so that um, the sort of the average investor or the average um, person, small business person, can sort of understand. So, um, you you made a very good distinction there, where you were talking about equity and debt. So, just to sort of clear it up for people, um, equity we just mean shares. So it's it's nothing it's nothing fancy. And debt is, 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 is like a loan. But what I want you to sort of hone in on is what would the difference be? So if you're an investor and you come to me and you invest using a loan or you invest using um, equity or, or, you know, or when I say shares, it sounds weird. But what would, what would, what would, what would the difference be between our relationship with me being the founder or the original owner of the business and then you being the investor coming in. Okay, let me try that, Mpo, um, and then Remo Hobian and Vikash can jump in. Essentially, right, uh, as when angels decide and typically again, or usually they, they invest in a syndicate, which means as a group, because they want to bring their various strengths to the table together and also reduce their own risk. But when they do that, they'll say, listen, we think that, and it's a mutual agreement between the angels and the founding team. And they'll say, for what you want to do in terms of your growth aspirations, we mutually agree that we'll settle on 
let's say, giving you 250,000 hula to start with, okay, to do X, Y, Z, for example, to build your platform, to get a thousand more customers, that kind of thing, okay? Um, and usually what will happen is we will say, this will currently be structured as debt, but it is often not interest bearing. What happens is that that sits in uh, your company's balance sheet, basically, or that is those are funds that you as a startup receive. You go and invest them into the initiatives that have been agreed will grow this business to a greater scale. Um, and what then happens is that at a future date that is mutually agreed upon, and as we said, if and when you reach those milestones that we have discussed, and, and as Remo Hobe said, there'll be constant check-ins, right? So um, if and when we reach those milestones and uh, we've reached that, that future date and we look at the valuation of the business and, and its achievements, we then convert what is looking like non-interest bearing debt into equity at a pre-agreed value, okay? Um, I hope that helps, but what that means is that we are effectively like your shareholders in waiting. I, I think that's a simple way to describe it. Uh, and, and why we would be different from a, a normal bank kind of loan is that when you settle your loan with the bank, the relationship is over. That's one big distinction. The other big distinction is that uh, during the time, the tenure of your loan with a bank or even say CEDA, you know, there's very minimal or light touch intervention by the funder. I'm sure you'd all agree. Whereas what happens with angels is that they're going to meet you regularly. And if I give the example of Bonatzejo, I uh, I suppose I harass the founders, and I'm sorry for that, guys, but I will harass them on issues of financial management, right? But there'll be other angels that are on our group who harass them on issues of, or who work with them rather, on issues of growing the sales uh, and revenue pipeline and logistics or something like that. So we each play to our strengths and we work very closely with the founders to the extent that they need us. Um, or another angel would say, I have a connection here. Can I go and talk to this uh, party and open some doors for you so that you, you win new business or more business or get into a whole new market that previously wouldn't have been accessible to you? And that's the kind of intervention that the angels will actively work on helping the founders with during the period that um, that investment is is working its way into the business, right? And because of that, work together to get you to those milestones of growth. And once we've hit certain of those milestones, then the money that was previously invested then converts into a percentage of shareholding. Does that make it any clearer or just muddies the water? No, it, I, no I, I, think, I, think, I think you're getting where I want us to get. So we're basically saying the angel network puts on a, is a group of investors. I come with my business. I say, guys, this is what I'm trying to, this I'm trying to do. And you say, okay, great. You do a valuation on the business, and that's something I want to touch on, what that means. Um, and then you invest, I think you said maximum 20% um, in the business. And then we create a relationship where effectively, I guess, you sit on my body and you're sort of owners in waiting. And you, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of accountable to you. You're helping me with the business. You're opening doors for me. Um, you're opening networks, but you're also teaching me how to be a proper business person and all of that in a bit to grow. Is that a... Is that a a good way of looking at it, or yeah. I think you should be our official spokesperson from now on. 
let me just button. chip in let, let, let me just chip in to 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 just make a legalistic distinction here that you know equity financing um basically means you're giving up as an investee you're giving up ownership in your company whatever percentage you are giving up and that obviously means um that the investor becomes a co-owner albeit a minority owner of the business um because they they have equity they have shares in the business and what's different with us is that we uh we are with you um through it all in other words we we um where the 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 uh, the downside is large and you are exposed to some degree of risk you have the assurance that um you have an angel or a series of an, a number of angels to walk you through that that difficult terrain um debt financing on the other hand is uh, self explanatory but but the important key there is that the obligation to pay back uh, starts immediately whereas with an equity partner uh the the they they only get their money even when the dividend is declared or even when an agreement is reached for them to to get out or something whereas with the with a debt funder there will be a time when that money has to be paid back and they don't really have a direct interest in the business to the extent that they may not be interested in understanding why you cannot pay them or 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 they may be less albeit not maybe as as hostile as a bank if you owe them but maybe something close to to being that that hostile so i see that that distinction as uh, as an important one although somewhat legalistic i, I think that's a great distinction um ramaphobe i see someone actually who said so if you guys if 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 they if you've invested and you've given me milestones um and i'm struggling with the milestones um what eventually the, then happens does that turn does the money that you invested then eventually turn into debt and then i'm expected to pay back those loans important in short yes um but that would have been covered in the agreement right so there is a syndicate agreement between the angels that get together that governs how we conduct our business with each other confidentiality and then there's a sort of investment agreement uh, whatever it might be however we structure the investment there's an agreement between that group of angels and the company itself the investee company right and in there it would say that we will exercise the option to convert the investment into a shareholding formally if and when the these whatever conditions are met and it would also provide for how often we meet uh the you know the way in which we consider strategy changes you know that's important right because um especially when you're starting out and your business is as small as a mustard seed everything is unknown and so it's a process of discovery uh, and so it allows for the fact that there'll be changes in strategy and then how that is you know captured and agreed to by the investors and the the founder team or the management team as the company is growing so all of that is provided for in there and in effect what it will then also cover for is transparent reporting on an ongoing basis around the numbers and the performance both financial and operational performance and it will cover then 
how if certain of the um, targets that have been mutually, and I stress this, mutually agreed are not being met, what is the exit pathway or what are the options that can be taken? And like I've stressed before, you know, uh, while it's new to Botswana in, in this formalized way, angel investing has been around the globe for decades. You know, really, I think the earliest time that this came out is in the 70s and 80s um, globally. And uh, what happens is that you, you, you see when you look back over the last 50 years across the world, I've given the example of Amazon, but there are many others uh, that one can refer to uh, closer to home as well in Botswana. I mean, my ex-employer, Litzeho, pretty much started that way with angel investment after the founders uh, put in their private capital. Many people don't know that. Um, but what happens is you then have to keep the faith of your, your angels, and it's a constant relationship-building uh, effort. If at some point, as, as the person has asked here, the, the, there's a point of departure or no return or whatever the case might be, then ideally, you know, your agreement should provide for what those exit options are. And usually that means you, you do a current valuation. We can get to your question about the valuation methods, Mpo, um, but you'll do a current valuation based on the business state as it is and consider whether, you know, many, many options can be followed. So you can look for another buyer. So say you can go to a CEDA or a BDC uh, for argument's sake or a private equity firm and you can say, you can pitch to them that this business has grown over this period. Would you like to buy it? So you can look for alternative buyers who would value the company and then pay out the angels. Um, you can look for whether the company itself can from its own balance sheet and funds pay the angels or if an alternative agreement, for example, can be reached where the angels get some kind of value in kind if um, the company still doesn't have the cash resources to do it. So it's it's a constant dialogue and, and back and forth. But the way we want to operate, and we have already operated with our existing investments that are both Botswana-based and uh, Africa-wide, is that there are very transparent agreements and they cover the rights and obligations of all parties involved. Great. Um, so... You started, as you said, in 2019, and there looks like there's a question that says, how, how regularly do you guys therefore look at investments? Um, and what kind of amounts um, have you typically been able to, 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 invest in, to invest in people? And so far, just looking at what's been happening, have, have, you know, what kind of returns you know, do, you, do you sort of expect and, and, and in what kind of timeframes? And I think you mentioned um, sort of five to seven years. Does that mean you guys will be sitting for five to seven years in the business trying to um, wait and to get paid back? Is, 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 is that what's happening? Any one of you can pick it up, Ramkobi. Hello. That means yes. Something wrong yeah, Ramukubi, you can pick it up. No, your mic is perfect. Let me exit and come back. Okay. Uh, the the, the spaces curse is, is, is starting to kick in. Um, Maitri or Vikash, yeah, um, just speak us, talk, take us through that question if you can. Maitri, do you want to take that? Have lost my through there as well. 
Um, okay, so basically in terms of when it's being hit, um, if you go across the angle network for Swana, there is a link there for people who are looking for networks to access to this link and put it to use. Angle network for Swana is constantly uh, reviewing sort of uh, With all volunteers, as I think was mentioned earlier, the team will first have a look at it in terms of the initial sifting process and sorting process, and then put them all together. All the people who are part of the angel network to present your company, present your idea, present your art, and um, based on what you are looking for and um, your art, then as my Jay had mentioned earlier, each of the people, each of the angels have got an, uh, an individual view on how they want to invest. And then a group of the people who would like to invest at that time will potentially come together and invest themselves in order to invest into the company. In terms of the art, the body goes to get into the business and um, evaluation, and I'm sure I hear in the public facts, and I'm sure in my case that they will speak of what has been done in terms of angel networks or what people have been managed to raise so far. I am not 100% sure they're going to be able to tell you about the return rate because I think we are still very much in the early days of uh, investments in this one and we haven't touched those sort of five, seven year scales that have been mentioned earlier. But I think it's important at this stage, uh, people you had mentioned this today, you know, debt equity, where exactly is and I think just to make it really simple, um, people that would like investment, obviously, they would like to say, just my one, my company is mine, which is great. But unfortunately, that also comes to the risk. And if your company fails, it means that all you put in has failed. So, where sort of angel networks come in, and my three users have said it's a very nice term, patient capital, means that while you go to a bank, you take a loan from a bank today. They're going to ask you for monthly or quarterly payments together with interest. If you miss it, you know, you can get your car repossessed, et cetera. Whereas the question you ask about do angels sit on for a period of that five years, et cetera, and then wait for their returns, that is exactly what they do. And that is why angel investing is considered to be patient capital. And if you're opening a business that's not going to have that traction and needs to build up before it has the revenue basis to be able to pay back, that might not work as well as something like angel or equity investing, but obviously for that, it means that a percentage of your company will be given to somebody else, but hopefully that person is adding value, not only in terms of the capital, but is adding value in terms of network, mentorship, helping you along that journey to help you fulfill that dream which you're trying to achieve with yourself. And what that also means in terms of your advantage is somebody taking something that's this off your hands for obviously a profit venture further on. So normally what would happen with angels, and might be I think I touched on it earlier, is to say they will be a predetermined set of milestones and also maybe a predetermined set of, uh, to say how exactly you going to convert the equity maybe at the discount in the future which is where the advantages come in for that specific angel. Once you reach those milestones, say, 
that is where they are getting their investment and their advantage from. I think it should be noted also that unless angels do get that sort of return in, that's what they use to invest in future companies that are requiring angel investment. So you normally find that angel investors around the world actually they invest in a whole lot of companies. There's different levels of success. Some of them are hugely successful. Others, unfortunately, might not be very successful. I did say to value of debt, but when they do come out and they do get either bought out or they get their sort of return from the investment they've done, typically a percentage of that always goes back to growing that ecosystem again and reinvesting it. And a lot of people who were the recipients of The speaker is breaking, can hardly hear anything. I think yeah, I couldn't hear Vikash clearly either, but I believe when he closed, he was saying we can speak to how much has been invested to date. So um, within Botswana, we have we've done a basically a minimum of, uh, to my uh, recollection, two investments, and the investment ticket size is in excess of half a million pula into these startups, and we very well recognize that uh, there is likely to be another call for funding in the short term, uh, and that's part of the journey. If you look across Africa, we've done investments that are uh, almost double that into the Launch Africa Venture Fund, uh, which is, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's, a, it's a venture capital fund, so it's a, a little more institutionalized than your regular retail angel investments, and it's into tech startups across Africa. So we've done, we've done that, and we continue to hold demo days. The Probably likely average minimum um, investment value would be in the region of 50,000 pula. And I genuinely think that anything less than that, you wouldn't get anything major off the ground, right? And we would probably cap it for a first round of investment of somewhere between uh, 250,000 to 500,000. And really the reason for that is just to make sure that it's carefully applied to the things that will most greatly catapult the business forward in terms of what it needs to achieve in that period. Um, and usually then what we do is we revisit uh, where the company is versus its, uh, you know, the founder's strategy and, its, and the founder's vision and, and the team's vision. And we look at when next uh, a, found, uh, a funding round will be needed. I hope that answers the questions. Yes. Um, yes. I think one thing I'd like to ask there is, so you, you sort of implied that, um, you know, you might put in an initial investment, which if at a later time you think that the business needs more, that the business is able to come back um, to the to the angels again and say, hi, guys, um, can I get a can I get a bit more cash? Um, I want you to touch on that. But before that, I I'm very cognizant of the time. It is roughly 9.30, and I want to close the space off in the next 10 to 15 minutes at the very worst. Um, I will request that as as they answer that specific question and maybe also even touch on how they do valuations, um, that um, you guys can send um, speaker requests and then we can, we can take 
two or three questions um, from 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 the audience. Um, I have been looking through the the TL, and I think I've done pretty well in seeing the questions that are on that are on the feed. So yeah, um, send those speaker requests so that you can ask questions. But in the meantime, um, uh, um, either Aramohobik and my three just touch on um, those specific questions that I've touched on. So valuation one, um, how to do it, and two, um, you know. You know, can I keep coming to tap back um, with the, with the investors? Okay, sorry, Paul, you were breaking up a little bit, but let me see if I can piece together. I think you were asking about valuations. How do we go about doing that? Am I correct? Yes. So valuations as one. How do you guys do the valuations and, and agree with the investor? And then two, it's. What was that? Yes. Can someone, um, even if you've done one round of investing, does that mean I can come back and keep asking for more money? <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be great, right? If you could keep doing that. Um, let me take the first one and maybe Remokobe can, uh, especially with his entrepreneurial hat, answer the one about the, the further request for funding, which is obvious. I mean, that's always going to be a story of growth, right? You always run out of cash. Um, but on, on the valuations, what happens is that once, you know, uh, a startup through its founders and team have done a pitch and the angels have uh, said, some of the angels have said, listen, this seems up my street. I like it. I like the founders. I like the business idea, whatever. I want to invest. What then happens is we kick in or we trigger a due diligence approach. And we're still finding our way as much as startups are finding their way. Initially, we thought we had the um, time and space to run these due diligences ourselves. And yes, that was a learning experience, uh, which I don't think we want to go back to. So, And it's simply because we have day jobs, right? And, and, and it suffered. But uh, what we currently do is we have a framework wherein we've got essentially a bank of preferred due diligence uh, professionals. They are independent of A and B altogether. They charge us arm's length fees that we angels pay. Um, so it's not as if we on, on charge uh, those due diligence fees to the, the startup, purely because that's on risk for us. So we get these uh, professionals who do financial, commercial, technical, technological, and even uh, where it's necessary, psychometric or uh, human capital-based due diligences. So all of those specialists are in a sort of bank that we have. Um, and uh, and the, as I say, the angels pay for that. On the back of that due diligence work that they do, where they will be working with you as founders quite a lot, asking you for information, and in the process understanding the level of maturity and organization that already exists within your business and, and within you as a founder, um, we then get reports, and part of those reports include types of um, valuation estimates. And here I must stress that valuations are more of an art, frankly, than a science, and more so when it's a startup. And the reason is you don't have years and years of previous revenue to go and discount back to present value and things like that. And that's a, a very favored uh, valuation model for more mature companies. It's called a discounted cash flow model. It wouldn't work in the case of a startup that's been around for, say, six months or a year and a half or something like that. And we use much more um, holistic 
philosophies or methodologies. So there's something called uh, the Mullen Seven Domain Approach, for example, and it actually does a scoring based on, you know, uh, the competency of the team and so on. But there are a myriad valuation methods that also look at, say, a PE multiple, so a price earnings multiple, or a comparator approach, or a stepped approach. I won't go into the details of these, and, and, and actually, if you go onto Investopedia, by the way, investopedia.com, uh, I, I actually use it myself, even being a CA, I love it. Uh, look for valuation methods for startups, and it'll give you quite a wealth of knowledge right there. And we, we often use those with our professionals who do the due diligences to arrive at a range of possible valuations, we actually share the, the whole due diligence outcome with the, um, the founder and their team to the extent that they want that information. And then there's a conversation around uh, arriving at some middle ground with respect to the value, the estimated value of the company, and for what we are then putting in, what that equates to effectively. That's the kind of process that happens around valuation. All right, let me... I think that's... I yes. Think that's, yes. Let me touch on... Karen Ramkovia. About, about funding and whether there can be several rounds and so on and so forth. I think uh, we, we, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, I had a, a venture capitalist on Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom. Um, I call him Brown Jesus, but he's a friend of mine. Um, if, if, you, if you are interested, you... You should just type Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom and then Venture Capital and uh, in my interview of, of Brown Jesus will come out. But I asked him that, that, that issue because I'm new in this area, so I wanted to, to learn. And uh, a combination of what he told me and Investopedia revealed that the way it works is that uh, there can be several rounds. Uh, there will be pre-seed funding which is normally taken care of by the, uh, typically the investor himself and his relatives uh, or close buddies. And then there would be seed funding, which is, is really the analogy of a tree where you want to get things started, get a little bit of traction. And then there'll be a seri series A funding um, in order to further um, optimize, for instance, if it's a tech company, the user base and to boost the marketing angle and so on and so forth. And uh, at that point, um, you will then, um, you know, get a little bit of rocket fuel in terms of getting the company off the ground and, and shooting into the stratosphere. And then there will be, there might be Series B, uh, series B funding, uh, Series B uh, funding, which involves uh, taking the business to an yet another level, which they call development stage. Uh, it helps startups um, get there by expanding market reach and companies um, that would have gone through Series A funding rounds would have already developed a substantial user base, but now uh, they would have proven themselves to the investors, but now they want to, um, to take it a, a stage further, as it were and the amount involved could be substantial. This is when there's a bit of an overlap between angel investing and venture capital. I think it's normally the venture capitalists who are now coming to the picture with sizable amounts at this level. And then there's be Series C funding, um, which 
now the company is successful at this point, is well established, and it's reached a certain level of complexity and wishes to now um, go to yet another level and grow um, at a much larger st uh, stage. You mentioned the idea of uh, five to seven years. Um, what Brown Jesus told me is that really the first five years, um, typically you don't expect to get much by way of return. Uh, what you expect, that, that is really the, the stage where the company really is, 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 I think I like the rocket fuel analogy because it's just coming out, heading to the stratosphere. So, so yes, to answer your question, there'll be several rounds. And ideally, if this is a partnership with angel investors, they're going to be together for a period of at least five to seven years. He's famous. Uh, he's a celebrity, so you can reach him on his nuggets of wisdom or on LinkedIn. And I think he's got a whole social media army behind him uh, to help. And of course, Angel Network Botswana itself is on Twitter. Our uh, website just went live, thanks to Fred, our comms hero. And uh, we are also on LinkedIn again. Uh, that is my safe place. But on LinkedIn and, and I believe our, our website and Twitter, you should be able to follow certain prompts and access our application form. We're constantly rethinking ways to make ourselves accessible to as wide a population or audience as possible. Um, and you can reach out either to individual angels or reach out via our A and B platforms. And just let us know if you even want to have an exploratory conversation, if you're not sure whether you're ready for angel investment or not. Uh, more likely than not, one of us is going to make time and talk to you. As I said, it comes back to the fact that the very human uh, fact that there's um, passion and heart and, uh, and a commitment from each of us to actually drive the startup ecosystem in Botswana, grow the private enterprise uh, side of, of the country's economy, and then help you actually explode onto the continent and the world stage. So um, it all starts from these small grains of, of uh, sand in these oysters or whatever that turn into pearls. Um, and so you can reach out to us on any of these mediums. I'd also encourage you to talk to some of the startups that uh, we are talking to today. We've invested into punatseho.com and, um, and Vantage. So to the extent that those founders are happy for you to reach out to them, by all means do that. Uh, or reach out to some of the partners that we talk to as well, such as, as I mentioned, Accelerate at Stanbeck, BIH, uh, BDC, BITC. We'd be more than happy to build alliances and, and forge some kind of long-term relationship, even if it doesn't mean an immediate investment, but we'd be happy to be part of your growth journey. I, I, had, a, I had a question from Wanata who um, I'd added, but she, she unfortunately fell off. Um, but in the, in, in the meantime, I guess we could take um, sort of last round of comments um, where even though my three sort of <laughs> already jumped into that a bit. Um, Vikash, any last sort of comments um, if there aren't any questions? Thanks, Antoine. Um, yes, basically, I think as Mike Ray said, um, if you are an entrepreneur and you'd like to find out more, I have just actually tweeted the, uh, both the address of the website for Angel Networks and the specific link to the uh, entrepreneurship page on that site. Um, so people can have a look at that. I'm sure that Remokobe or Maitre or myself would be more than happy to take questions. I think most people involved in the Angel Network space are very passionate about trying to grow 
the overall ecosystem in Botswana. And I think just uh, reach out there. We know it's a tough journey. We want to see how best we can help. And uh, if yours is the idea that has got impact, that can change things, maybe we can help you change it together. That's about it. Great. Ramakobe, any last words? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I thank you and your platform for the privilege um, of talking to, you know, your audience. It's not something we take uh, we take for granted. We really appreciate the opportunity. I think uh, having been, you know, someone who's been in running Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom for two years, where we're trying to really develop the ecosystem in tandem with Angel Network Botswana, I think entrepreneurship is alive and well in Botswana. You know, I mentioned Brown Jesus, but when I spoke to him, he said to me, we are seven years behind South Africa in terms of angel network and venture capital space. And then we're five years behind um, behind Nigeria. But he says both those, uh, you know, those uh, uh, jurisdictions have taken off uh, like a rocket and they're doing very well. And I have every reason to believe that we're still taking baby steps here in Botswana one year into this, but I'm encouraged and energized. I believe that the entrepreneurial spirit is really, um, is really, really coming on in Botswana. For instance, in, in, in you know, Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom, I used to chase after people to interview. Now people are chasing after me to, for me to interview them. That's just an indication of how many entrepreneurs are out there wanting to showcase their talents, wanting the world to see what they are capable of. So thank you very much. And I look forward to interacting with some of you in the context of Angel Network Botswana. Um, thank you, thank you for that. I'm going to um, take my powers as the host of this, uh, as a host of space to, to shut it down. I'd like to thank all of my all of my speakers and all of the people who all of my listeners who came in um i'd like to thank you all because obviously um you know we could all be doing um something else or even preparing for the next day or spending time with our families and i'd like to thank you for the passion which you've obviously showed to to help the ecosystem and to help people um, you know, in Botswana, you didn't, you do, you don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be investing your own money in 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 helping um, other businesses and helping um, younger people grow. And you don't even need to be helping, especially with mentorship. Um, I know that um, you know I can and will tap into you guys again at a later time, um, so that we can sort of jump into more specific topics at a later time. Um, and I, I will I, I will be in touch with you on that and would just like to say thank you and thank you for everybody who's listening.